Hello, welcome to Local Anaesthetic. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. Uh, my name is Alex, this is Rob. Hi guys. We can be found at our website, which is lapodcast.net. <clears throat> we can also be found on iTunes, if you put in Local Anaesthetic into iTunes, or Alex and Rob. We can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Rob, do you want to tell people about that? Yeah, I'm sure you're well aware. Uh, Facebook is www.facebook.com forward slash Local Anaesthetic Podcast. You can leave us a message and I will endeavour to reply. And also we're on Twitter, which is at LA Podcast. Please feel free to tweet us and uh, you never know if you're lucky, you might get a retweet. And uh, of course, every week we're looking for you to email your stories, your stories that are local to you, that you found amusing from wherever you live in the world. We're going to continue to read out more uh, listener emails this week, and we're going to give the uh, email address out at the end of the show. Yes. Now, um, Rob, just first off, last week you told me that you revealed that we'd won not just one lottery, but two. That's right, yes. And anybody who listened to last week's episode will know that we talked about the fact that we were going to draft a reply to uh, to these uh, agencies which are claiming that we've won the lottery. One one of them was the United Nations British Lottery and the other one was the British National Lottery, wasn't it? It was something along those lines, yes. Well, in total, we've apparently won about two and a half million pounds. Well, in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the spirit of continuity, we've actually done what we promised, which is could be a first for a late podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and last night, at, uh, at, it was quite late, actually. Yeah, we, we, stayed, we spent quite a bit of time on this. Yeah. We decided to reply to both of these emails, and uh, we, I'm now going to read out exactly what we put to them. Okay. And we're so, going to, we're going to, and we will update the, you all if we get a reply. I'm, I'm, I've got my fingers crossed. I mean, it, it's been, uh, it's been a few hours, but we haven't received a response yet. So maybe that's because they're trying to desperately try and uh, ply some money out of our bank account. I don't know. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. So this is the response to the United Nations Association. Uh, for the United Nations uh, Association Great Britain email lottery program. So, uh, dear Mrs. Amy Abbey, she was the person who sent the email. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm delighted to have won the United Nations uh, Association Great British email lottery program. I anticipate at some stage in this process you'll be asking for my bank account details, mother's maiden name, etc. So, to speed up the process, I thought I'd offer these details in advance. Okay, so we went through and uh, we gave all the details we thought she might need. So, uh, name in four, we got uh, Xavier, in uh, quotation marks, Dick Catalyst. Uh, address, 29 Acacia Road, East Cheam, London, SE98, 34DD. If anybody doesn't know, 29 Acacia Road is the address of Banana Man. Yeah, that's right, yes. Um, nationality, Sodomite. Age, yeah. 37 years, 5 months. Occupation, semi-professional chaperone. In brackets, I'm also trained to be a butcher. Uh, sex, the lottery winnings will suffice, lol. In all seriousness, I'm transgender, uh, in brackets, one testy remains, which will be removed after I receive the winnings. Phone fax number, now this, this I think we took some time to work this out. Um, we put, we only have the fax. He would uh, have, Xavier Catalyst would only have facts. He would have, yeah, I mean, He's stuck in the past. I mean, the, 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 the characterisation that's gone into this is quite significant. Yeah, and and uh, we've really tried to get a... A, a real-life human being, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And in an understanding of how of the dynamics of this person. So the, the facts number we're given is the numerical equivalent of the words local anaesthetic. Yeah, if you spell it out on the dial, t- on, the, on the keypad, each key, key is assigned a number. So we have actually spelt out local anaesthetic and given the number. Yes, yeah, so if anyone wants to try and fax us, it's uh, 56225-262-378-43842. Present country, which is a strange question, Chad. Bank name, the Fiji Credit International Limited. 
Bank account number. Now, the bank account number we thought, you know, this could be a bit dodgy. So the numbers we go, we've gone for are basically just all prime numbers. So 2, 3, 5, 7, 11, and 13. Um, sort code 90210. Uh, mother's maiden name, Terrell Corp. Security question, what was your, your the name of your, your first pet? Answer, I wasn't allowed pets. And uh, we just put right at the bottom, do you need to see a copy of the ticket because I don't remember buying one? Please note that after having been previously defrauded as a result of an online internet scam, I'm at the end of my overdraft, so I'd be grateful if you could deposit the funds as soon as possible. Best regards, Dick. And right at the bottom, P.S. Please listen to the Local Analytic Podcast. Go to www.lapodcast.net. So we're hoping we get some uh, listeners out of this. From, yes. From the United Nations, uh, whatever it's called, British Lottery. Yeah, uh, the ridiculous number they, they've made up. I'd just like to, uh, just very quickly, uh, also make you aware of this email that we received during the week. So it was simply uh, entitled, I have made up my mind. My message is that I've made up my mind to will my late husband's funds to you so that you can use it for charity duties and good work to humanity in your country. The amount, this is good, is four million US dollars. So hang on, she's saying her husband left four million US dollars in a will, but she wouldn't give it to us. Yeah, she she doesn't feel that she she can she doesn't seem to know any of charitable or any charities. So she's she's made up her mind to give it to someone else so they can give it on. And that someone else is us. So we're now. So we're now, so, so we're, we've now got 400, sorry, 4 million, was it 4 no, million? No, 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 that's right. So we have 4 million US dollars. And 2.5 million UK pounds. Yeah. Bloody hell. I mean, the, the, these are really building up. I mean, they're, yeah. yeah. And I'll be glad if you can get back to me on my personal and secure email address before I give you further information on this subject. My secure email is, now this might make me laugh, poncyruth <laughs> at live.com. Poncyruth? Well... It may not actually be Ponzi. Well, how, how would you pronounce that? Pouncy. Pouncy Ruth. Pouncy Ruth. She's a goer. God bless Miss Pouncy Ruth. To be fair, it's not God bless, it's God... Strouter? It's even more personal Strouter? than that. It's God bless you. Oh, yeah. Well, that's nice, I thought. So we should reply to that and give her the same details yeah. for Xavier Dick Catalyst. Absolutely, yeah. We have to think of a, a secure email. And obviously you and I have to hope that somewhere out there there doesn't, have, there doesn't happen to be, just by sheer coincidence, an Xavier Dick Catalyst who has an account with Fiji Credit International, Absolutely. with the bank account details and sort code that we chose, and all those security questions. I mean, the odds are very slim, but it would be awful if some poor uh, Mr Catalyst got uh, defrauded out of a lot of money. I mean, I'm not sure if there are any banks in the UK that have the unfortunate sort code of 90210, but it is a possibility. Yeah. So as soon as you get a response, we'll let you know, but uh, either way, we're quids in. <laughs> Okay, Rob, shall I kick us off then? Yeah, please do. Um, this is a very short story. Uh, it, I mean, it's quite terrifying, really, um, but, <laughs> okay. just, but just made me laugh. I mean, unbelievable. It's from The New Shopper, and it's by Sarah Trotter. And the headline is, Axe-wielding maniac from Greenwich jailed for cutting bus driver's throat. Jesus Christ, what? <laughs> so, uh, and by the way, I've seen a picture of... Okay, well, anyway. An axe-wielding maniac from Greenwich who cut a bus driver's throat has been locked up for eight months. Bloody doesn't, hell! Doesn't seem to me to be enough, does it? Eight months? Eight months? Uh, Terry Stuller, aged 53, of Sparta Street, attacked the driver after he was asked to move his Smith, truck... Sorry, Sparta Street? That's why, you see. Uh, yeah, yeah, very good. Attack, attacked the driver after he was asked to move his truck, which was blocking the bus path through Plumstead. Passengers on the number 51 bus witnessed the 45-year-old driver get struck with the 18-inch axe, which sliced his throat on December the 10th last year. So I want you to picture this. There's a bus, 
that wants to go down a road, right? A path, a road, through Plumstead. There's a truck which is blocking it. The driver says to the truck driver, can you move your truck? The truck driver boards the bus with an 18-inch axe and swings it at this guy and ends up cutting his throat. And I've seen a picture of this axe. It's like the axe out of The Shining. No, no! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love The Shining. Yeah. Um... Uh... How, but how did he get to him? I mean, surely they have that that that, that crappy piece of perspex. I, I think of eighteen. Oh, I can't imagine. I can't. I can't imagine the axe would have gone through that. Here's Johnny. <laughs> I love who did that. Actually, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Stowe was found guilty of uh, actual bodily harm by a jury at Woolwich Crown Court. Fucking out, really? Yeah. <laughs> on July fourth, and sentenced to eight months in prison. Case officer DC Debbie Jones said Stowe displayed excessive violence against an innocent man that was purely doing his job. I'm pleased with the result of this in, uh, investigation. I hope Stoa has time to reflect on the gravity of what he did and a lasting effect his actions will have on the victim and his family. She added, We will continue to investigate incidents of this nature and ensure victims are put at the very centre of everything we do. There's something about this whole story which just seems to underplay the gravity of it. But, he could have chopped off his head. He, surely if you swing How do you think something? that's a reasonable response to a request to move his van? <laughs> what is he doing with that? Sorry, mate, your, your van's blocking the way. Oh really? Is that what you think? Is it? Yeah, it, it is not. It's an excessive, it's excessive violence. But the fact you're carrying around an axe in your truck is slightly perturbing. And <laughs> this is a man at the end of his tether with the world. No, but also if you yeah. swing, if you if you cut somebody's throat by swinging an axe at them, you are you are trying to cut off their head. Yeah. It's so a guy, it's an, I'm guessing eight months. This is attempted murder. Isn't I'm it? guessing this guy's still alive because I'm, I'm hoping he didn't get eight months when the guy's dead. No, no, no. Okay, just that's... cut his throat. But no. what I mean, surely that's attempted murder. Yeah, there's, there's no possible way you can downplay that. I mean, that's manslaughter at the very least. Well, attempted manslaughter. Attempted no, not manslaughter. manslaughter. Manslaughter would be an accident, wouldn't it? Murder. Murder is when you deliberately. Well, I guess crime of passion. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure you can, I don't think you can argue that's a current passion. Well, I mean, unless yeah. that was a spurn lover. <laughs> I don't which mean then it puts like, another uh, another reading. I on don't the story. mean it like that. I oh, mean okay. that his tempers were, you know, he wouldn't, he wasn't premeditated. He just lost it. Yeah. But if you're if you're driving around in a truck and you've got an axe, there is an element of premeditation about things. Do we know what he what, what his job is? We know is nothing. Reason, well, Unfortunately, I looked up this story for to find other sources. There's nothing, there's just this. No comments, no nothing. It's just this story. Surely this guy's mentally deranged. Axe-wielding maniac. Jesus Christ. Do you remember the machete-wielding maniac? Yeah. This is South East London for you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Rob, you got a story for us? Uh, Yes, I have. This one is from... uh... Nicola, um, in over in Norwich, uh, she sent us another story from the, from that area, and this is from the Norwich Evening News, um, and the story is uh, a legal uh, Iraqi immigrant jailed for attempting to steal rhino head from Norwich Castle. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds made up. It, it's brilliant. Um, an illegal immigrant who ja- who was jailed for two and a half years yesterday. Uh, for attempting to steal a rhino head from Norwich Castle Museum <laughs> in a planned raid by a London gang. Uh, dressed in black and wearing a woolly hat, <laughs> um, Iraqi Nihad Mahmoud and three other men were seen standing near the mahogany case containing the rhino head on February 20th. Is it a real rhino head? No, okay. this is what's even more obscure. Paper mache, is it? Uh, I'll keep reading the story up. Um, the museum was holding, uh, sorry, was hosting a group of Cambridge zoologists 
zoologists. Yes. Uh, sorry, I didn't say that word. Um, who remarked how unusual it was the, re- the rhino have its original horn rather than a replica. Oh, it is a real one. Sorry, yeah. I do apologise. Um, rhino, rhino horns are prized in China for their supposed uh, aphrodisiac qualities. <laughs> <laughs> and Norwich Crown Court heard that the head could fetch up to £500,000. I didn't realise that there'd be more for it compared to the sort of cash we've got. Right? Yeah, that's true, actually, yeah. On the black market. When the delegation of zoologists left the Natural History Gallery for the museum's rotunda, the glass pan of the cabinet was smashed open and they saw the four uh, men, now wearing balaclavas, running towards the ex- exit and shouting at people to get out of their way. <laughs> they were not... Partridge. Cheese, I've got cheese. <laughs> this is, uh, rhino head, I've got rhino head. But I mean, they, it seems like they made no attempt to try and disguise this crime. I mean, that's quite obvious. No, that's true, yeah. But literally shouting, get out of the way! Well, you would get out of the way if someone's running you with a rhino horn, but... So they stole this just to sell the horn on the Chinese black market? Well, it sounds like it... I mean, they said it in a planned raid by London gangs. It does sound, yeah... Because, yeah. yeah. like, go... You know, they, they must have thought... that For whatever reason, they must have some information this is worth serious money. Otherwise, you'd just do a jeweller's, wouldn't you? You wouldn't go and rob a right... You know, do you know what I mean? Why the hell did they want this? That's very true. Kevin Eastwick, prosecuting, told the court how two of the men were struggling to carry the head which was partially filled with clay, where the other two men sprinted ahead. That's brilliant. So there's, there's two, heavy there's two people behind who are really struggling, and the two the other men running on, shouting, get out of the way! Yeah. yeah. Planned operation. I wonder if they sort of angled it down so they're using, so the, 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 the horn was protruding and using some sort of um, a weapon. Yeah, I think you I right. assume so. Museum staff tried to stop them, while one attempted to, to trip up the would-be thieves, uh, and the men dropped the head and ran off. So they didn't even make it out of the building. <laughs> Um, they escaped in a dark uh, saloon car which was spotted near Argyle Street off, I think that's Rowan Road. Uh, a man got out and tore off the man's fake number plates which were left on the road. Police caught 21-year-old Mahmoud from London after filing his finger- fingerprints on the plates. Mahmoud, who came to England as a 16-year-old boy in the back of a lorry, <laughs> told the probation service how he was homeless and an Irishman called Patrick had asked him to go on the job to repay a debt. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, OK. So... <laughs> This takes me back to the guy who, the, 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 the gypsy Irish travelling circus, the gypsy master, who'd asked, who'd asked those, that, that guy to go around and collect money off that old man, that whole scam. Yeah. We've now got, so now we think, why is it with the Irish that are implicated? And also, uh, he said that uh, an Irishman called Patrick, yeah, an Irishman called Patrick to repay a debt. There aren't many Irishmen called Patrick, they? had asked him to do the job to repay a debt, and he said, yes, I'll do it. Right. Basically, yeah. Okay. Um, Ross Burr was mitigating and said, um, he is led into a life of crime because he has got to survive. He is desperate. He is on the peripheral, uh, the peripheral edge of an organised gang. He is the fool guy. The whole <laughs> incident is extremely sad. I mean, it is, but what I mean is, he can't, he's got to be a couple of sandwiches short of a picnic, hasn't he? Because if he's that down on his luck, you know, go and shoplift, go and do whatever you need to do. Don't, don't get roped into breaking into a museum and stealing a rhino head. Yeah. It's just too obscure. It, it, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that, that don't really seem to add up. I mean, it, it, is, it could be quite a, a sad story, because the article does go on to say that because of this, because he does have now offending history, he will be uh, deported back to the Iraq, which I agree with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh... Yeah. Well, these bloody Iraqis, you know, I mean... Coming over there, stealing we, our rhino heads. We invade their country, you know, we, 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 we cause an awful lot of bloodshed, we make a lot of people homeless, and they come over here and steal our rhino heads... I mean, it is, it, it, it's that this, rhino disgusting. was English. Exactly. It, it should be kept in the country. It was killed in this country, in yeah. London Zoo, and uh, and now it's on display in Norwich Castle. Yeah, where it should be. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, there are no comments on this story. You th- you always say that I can never think of, um, you know, headlines. Okay. Uh, illegal Iraqi immigrant gets the horn. 
<laughs> well, technically, it doesn't. It drops Norwich. <laughs> I actually quite like that. I might have to use that. Rob, my next story is another short one. Um, that's not connected to the horn comments. Either. Okay, no, that's good to know. Um, it is short. I mean, I think you'll enjoy it. There are no comments. Sorry, there were comments on this, but all of them were shit. Right. Um, from the new shopper, it's by Harriet Marsh. Seller puts Higgs boson particle on eBay. Because you know that what? they've discovered the Higgs boson particle in this. Do you know even what that is? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the, uh, the, 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 yeah. Right. the God particle, in other yeah, words. Yeah. So, uh, basically, the Higgs boson particle may have only just been discovered, but it's already up for sale on eBay. Uh, sorry, this is from, not from the new shopper. It's from the Bournemouth Echo, I should have said I that. Think they had to, they, I thought they, they, they'd found traces of it. I yeah, you can't find, found you, it. You can't find it. You can only find its sort of evidence of its trace, if you know right. what I mean. Um, but, okay, so thanks to One Christchurch Mine, the subatomic particle could be yours for a bargain price, including delivery. Brilliant. Seller, Stephen Boothby, 46, set up the online auction to raise money for Marie Curie Cancer Care. Mr Boothby, a stay-at-home dad, said, I was looking online about all the hype around Higgs boson as my sister has just had her kidney removed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, what? How are those two things connected? This is, can I just say, this is, a, this is a really... Let me finish the sentence. This is a brilliant sentence. Okay. Just to say. I don't... Right. Just to say, are you ready? I'm going to read it again. I was looking online about all the hype around the Higgs boson. And as my sister has just had her kidney removed because of quite an aggressive form of cancer, I thought I could tie the two together. <laughs> Too much information. I just love the way he phrases it. What's he trying to say? He could also say, my sister, yeah, she had cancer recently, and you know, I decided to do this, but it's the way he phrases it. As my sister had just had her kidney removed because of quite an aggressive form of cancer. <laughs> it's quite partridge-esque. I thought I could tie the two together. What, what, what does he mean? He's saying... That I was reading about Higgs boson. He's saying that my sister is just recovering from cancer, and I thought, why don't I try and sell Higgs boson to raise money for cancer? Right. Okay. And then he says, I've seen adverts for other silly things on eBay, and wanted to try and do the same kind of thing. He claims he found he claims he found the used Higgs boson in his vacuum cleaner, but didn't realise what it was until scientists at the Large Hadron Collider announced they'd found something earlier this That's week. That's brilliant. It's too small to see and comes out a bit fuzzy in photographs. The lot states. Initially, Mr. Boothby pledged to open his window and let the Higgs boson float to its new owner. <laughs> Big bids had reached ten pound fifty when eBay what? eBay bosses swooped in and removed the Higgs boson ad overnight on Thursday, arguing Mr. Boothby was not selling an item right. and got... breaching company policy. So he's reposted it again, this time promising to deliver the item in a vial. He added, to be quite honest, the science of Higgs boson is a bit over my head. It would be good if we could find somebody to explain it all to me. Right, OK, I was selling a Paul Smith shirt on eBay that got no bits. How the fuck is he selling? <laughs> uh, <laughs> nothing! He is selling nothing! Your, your Paul Smith shirt had... Uh, yellow uh, sweat stains on the armpits. Yes, but I mentioned that in the description. <laughs> and at least, at least it was actually. You know, it, was, it was the people are donating are just donating to charity, Rob. When uh, I know that I know that you consider yourself a charity, but you're not. Well, I I, I, I was in a position where I felt I was vulnerable, and then, just, <laughs> and then that's why I got my uh, I got my charity stations. <laughs> what, what this meant, but it is ironic that you could put something non-existent on eBay and potentially make more money than you did trying to sell us Paul Smith's shirt. There was another story this week that someone went to the, the, the Rolling... Uh, not the Rolling Stones, the Stone Roses concert in Manchester and the, the, they were selling a bottle of the jarred atmosphere. Brilliant. Wanker, though. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure what he'd done in there, but... Um, <laughs> 
This just, just it annoys me. I'm sorry. How how have you done on the things you've been selling on eBay? Well, when you first on about you've done quite well. You, you, yeah, and then, and then what happened with the rest of it? Because you were selling stuff like some Coke bottle and I sold and some f- horrible money clip. And I was so I, I originally I was selling ten items. Right. But I realised because it's been quite an expensive month, it would actually cost me. I'd have to, have to use a lot more money to send out all the other items. So I I cancelled. Send out all the what the items? The items yeah. You can include it. You know you can add delivery on. I know, but by the time you process it through PayPal and got the money back and it yeah, just tastes too yeah, bloody good. Yeah. Anyway, so I I I deleted four out of five, four out items off the off the. What sale. did you delete? <laughs> um, oh, this is going to humiliate. A remote control Wally that was broken. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why which I only realised because the thing is it's a warning that's a present for his girlfriend to be fair I don't know why I'm mocking you for having that one in my room's here it's covered in Star Wars it's a good point media, but. yeah and what I realised is it was broken which I didn't realise before I'd actually listed it um, two uh, phone covers um, a horrible denim jacket um, uh, an illustrated collector's edition of the Da Vinci Code and um, five albums of, of bonkers albums, if anyone knows what they are, which are a collection of hardcore music. Um, hardcore music? Yeah, like yeah. rave. Okay. Uh, so, if, <laughs> by the way, if anyone wants to buy these, please get in contact with me, and, and I will do it for, for a very reasonable price. Um, <laughs> so, it sounds like perfect items for a redistribution of tattoos. It does, actually, yeah. If, if anyone wants to swap anything, uh, if you send us an email... It's I'll not a swap shop, and I'm not Noel Edmonds. No, that was not swap shop. I think yeah, you're right. It was no albums. because yeah. people used to call up and say, "I've got." A, 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 was, that a the, was that the original redistribution of tat then? Yeah, essentially, yeah. Mm. We need to bring that back. We do, yeah. Well, we've already suggested it. Yeah, we, we we've trademarked that idea, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> This is from Shay. It's from uh, the Bristol Evening Post. Shay, who lives in uh, just outside Bristol, it's a little village outside Bristol. I thought he was Plymouth. No, that's from Rich. Rich. Yeah, Shay's in Bristol, just outside Bristol. Yeah. Um, dead body found in Knoll turns out to be a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. oh God! Well, it's um, not a dead body then, is it? It's mattress found in Knoll turns out to be a mattress. <laughs> uh, ambulance crew got a shock today when they found a body they had been called to deal with in Knoll. Was nothing more than a mattress. Uh, a crew was called after a member of the public believed they had seen a dead body under a duvet in the sh- in the street. I'm not sure how fucking big they thought this body was. Read that sentence again. A member of the a member of the public believed they had seen a dead body under a duvet in the street. Why did I? For, uh, I thought you said it was in a knoll. No, Noel is the place. Oh, right. Well, I was wondering what a knoll yeah, was. Yeah. I, thought, I thought it was being ignorant. Uh, but so, uh, we'll go on. So hang on a minute. They thought. Hang on a minute. <laughs> They thought they saw a dead... Hang on a minute. This is ridiculous. This is like me saying I, th- I thought I saw President Eisenhower under a mattress, in, under a duvet in the street. You'd lift up the duvet and then, only then would you think that it's a dead body. You don't just see a duvet over something and assume that what must be underneath it. Yeah. It's a dead body. It could be a sleeping tramp. It could be... Well, it could be some used garden furniture, broken. And it could be anything. Well, I mean, there, there are a lot of comments that sort of... This is like saying I saw a car... In a car park I, I know, at it's night just with no lights on and there was no other cars there and I assumed there was somebody dead inside. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of comments that sort of um, uh, speculate on what the kind of place Noel is, which we'll right, go on to okay. later. Um, but I don't understand how they thought that something that's mattress-shaped, unless they thought the person well, was a that, giant rectangle... There's that as well. Yeah. Um, unless they thought it was sort of... SpongeBob SquarePants and let himself go. <laughs> yeah. That's a poor joke. Uh, no, I, I enjoyed it. Um, 
Ambulance crew who were in the area at the time were first on the scene just after 9.15am but found nothing more than a mattress underneath the duvet. So here's the other question. This person brings 999. The person 999 must have said, uh, okay, okay, love, could you lift up the, uh, the duvet for me and see what's underneath? They didn't. They just sent out an ambulance. Not just an ambulance. <laughs> The Great Western Air Ambulance charity was also poised to dispatch a crew after being told a body had oh, been discovered. Oh, this is just incompetent. <laughs> Nobody even oh, said, what's under the mattress? What shape? Sorry, what's under the duvet? What shape is the duvet? This is ludicrous. Daniel Thomas, media manager at the charity, said, we got a call from our special operations desk early, early this morning to say a body had been discovered in Knoll and to have a, a, a standing crew ready. They would have been imminent, imminently dispatched we got the call minutes later to stand down. Thank God. So literally, there were people in the hot helicopter <laughs> waiting to turn off to uh, turn off to turn up to what was potentially an old mattress. <laughs> we got the call to stand down for a body in Knoll, but really there was a marked difference. Yes, there was a marked difference between a dead body and a mattress. <laughs> it's quite common for us. So to basically, talk- this person found the bed. <laughs> They found the bed. They sort of beat up a bed around the bush. They found a duvet on a mattress, which is commonly called a bed. Yeah. You sleep on a duvet on a mattress, don't you? Just on the floor. Uh, I don't have a duvet. It's just a mattress. Yeah, sorry. And when I say mattress, it's a towel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not true. It, it, it's it's a, it's a comic com- comic effect. Yeah, it, it's an inflatable mattress. It's quite common for us to be told to get ready for, say, a road accident, and then later when the road traffic police get there, it's um, a mattress. <laughs> They find out it's just whiplash or something. But we've never had a call out that turned out to be a mattress before. We've got a great sense of humour about it. Yes, well, I, I'm sure you must have. What a waste of resources. Don't have a great sense of humour about it. Say, why wasn't a mechanism put in place to ask them to lift up the mat- uh, the duvet? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is it. Why wouldn't they... The, I mean, OK, I can imagine that it, it may traumatise the, 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 the what, operator. What's saying the duvet? No, no, what I'm saying is it, might be, it might be difficult for the person on the uh, on the, the, the operation centre, the person who says died nine to say to them, could you just go and check the duvet just to see what's there but you can't just make up that you found thing. oh there's an alien underneath a duvet it could be anything oh my god it's Lord Lucan yeah true um, Mr Thomas explained to be called out for a body is quite unusual is it? <laughs> surely an ambulance oh, that's quite common <laughs> this article is just ridiculous we would not go out if it was uh, known that the individual was deceased okay um, but if they have hypothermia or something, if they were at death door, then oh, you'll get... You mean. Yeah, so that makes So that sense. makes even more of a reason why they would have got them to check. Is the person... Oh, 999, is the person still breathing? Have they got a pulse? They wouldn't just do this unless the person just rang up 99 going, Oh, I think I see a dead body in the road. Bye! <laughs> that, that must have been what happened. Yeah, it must have been, yeah. Um, we get called out for all sorts of things, but this is the first time that a major incident was a mattress. The incident was reported um, on the... At... GWAAC Twitter account with a tweet saying uh, placed on alert for the body found in Knoll, Bristol. On closer inspection turned out to be a mattress. Hashtag not the same thing. <laughs> so they clearly do have some humour about it. I don't care. Um, a spokesman for the Avon and Somerset Constabulary said uh, it was a false alarm with good intent we assume. Uh, and it just goes on to say Great Western Air Ambulance is a charity that can only survive if it raises 1.5 million a year. Now there were comments on this story. Good. And these are the ones I picked out. So uh, the first one is Pongo T. Clown. <laughs> Good name. Um, what I don't understand is how someone from Knoll didn't notice there was no courts when they tried to steal its shoes. So you can sort of get an idea of what kind of place Knoll is. I'm, I understand. Okay. 
by Bristow E says perhaps they stole the corpse <laughs> it's possible maybe a tramp would have been actually you know sleeping in the mattress and the duvet and someone said they walked off with the corpse so they could have been a dead oh, okay been, okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Ponga then replies saying, watch out for the van selling burgers with a bit of moustache oh. attached. Oh. <laughs> By French A voice, okay. probably someone just sleeping off the crack and cider. <laughs> oh. Oh. So they're really being a picture of how all this place. Uh, By Richie one says, obviously a case of matricide, which I thought was quite clever. But could that be the common of the week? It, it, actually, it could be the common Contender. of the week. Yeah, it could be. Um, by Alan Andlin says... Are you sure this is in Noel? Most people in Noel are still in bed because they can't be able to get a job. <laughs> this sounds like I'm Boscombe in Bournemouth. We're always hearing about that. Oh, that's fairly rough, aren't we? Yeah. Um, Teabag Terry says, would a person from Noel even know the difference? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So were the people there, the tone of those things were that there could well have been, because I didn't even consider that when you're reading it, that could it be that it wasn't a false alarm, but there was a body? They do put between, them aside, don't they? Yeah. Between the ambulance being called and getting there, somebody made off with the body. Yeah. That you could do God knows what. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they could have done a whole host of things. But, it, you know, it, it, it does give the story of readings that some that maybe... I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's quite low to think that someone may have actually stolen the corpse to, uh, to then sodomise it. And nobody suggested that. What, why else would they take it? Just decorative furniture. That'd be a talking point, definitely. If somebody rings up local, the local anaesthetic swap shop offering a dead body, then we know where it's come from. <laughs> Okay, Rob, this next story uh, is my last story. It's from the Bournemouth Echo. It's by Stephen Smith, and the headline is Grieving Grand's Plea After Pet Chihuahua is Stolen from Car. Mm. Back to the animal stories. Sorry, say again. Grieving Grand's Plea After Pet Chihuahua is Stolen from a Car. Right. <laughs> okay? A grandmother has been left to straw after one of her dogs, which has comforted her in the wake of her granddaughter's death. <laughs> was stolen from her I'm car. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh at that, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I mean, it's just this image of the dog with the paw around it. Yeah, and, and I know that yeah, the animals do comfort those, they can obviously detect when someone is... is yeah, I read a whole article about it, how they, that, how they did this big study looking at empathy now in dogs, and what they found was that if you do it in a controlled, in, in a controlled trial, yeah. the dogs actually do seem to... Dis- just display empathy, you know. So if you, you you could do it having somebody crying or getting excited another way, the dogs regularly approach people they see are upset. Okay, that's interesting. But there was a bring some but, flowers and grapes and stuff. But there was a there was a there was a one of the things they don't know is that the dogs might just be confused by it, and so that's why they approach. Okay, well, yeah, makes sense. Um, Dor- okay, so this woman, Dorothy of Litchit Matt Revers, which sounds like it's made up. What? Is, is appe- that a place? Apparently, is appealing for her chihuahua papillion named Carlos to be returned via a pet, via a vet, police station, or animal sanctuary. Carlos, or who the has post. a huh? or, or post. post, or post, yeah, if it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> In parts of the letterbox. <laughs> Carlos, who has a twin, Ferdy, has been a great source of comfort to Dorothy. Dorothy. Since her granddaughter passed away three months ago, oh, pissing on the carpet. The dog was stolen from Dorothy's car while she was at a car boot sale in Litchie. <laughs> some did some did maybe some bought it. She said, "I thought I'd lock the car up safely, but it doesn't have central locking, and the two side doors weren't locked. I had windows slightly open to give the dog some air. It never occurred to me that people would go into your car and steal your dog. Why would they? No, 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 no. Why would they steal one but not the other? Well, I don't know. And also." 
These are chihuahuas. They're like rats. Okay. <laughs> she left the window slightly open. Yeah, they're not that small. They can wriggle through a window. You don't. You don't know how how how, how much you're wearing the window down. Is it not possible the dog just got out and ran off? Um, well, let we'll come to that. Maybe he was like the littlest hobo. Maybe he realised that after he comforted her over her daughter's death, he he just needed to move on. <laughs> yeah, he did serve his purpose. On to pastures new. Dorothy said Carlos was a successful stud dog, and it was possible he had been stolen to order. We've had this before, haven't we? So stolen. That does that mean stolen for some eyes wide means, shut style sex orgy with dogs? Uh, as we uh, effectively, it means that yeah, he he can breed. Yeah, they can be breeding with other dogs. Not so it's not a bestiality thing. Uh, no, not in this instance. No, he was the sort of dog that was always with you and sitting on your lap. Ferdy is looking for him everywhere. The family has appealed oh. for the dog to be returned and said whoever gives it back, whether through a police station vet or animal sanctuary, would not face any recriminations. Dorothy is offered an award for the safe return of Carlos, and the family can be contacted via Stephen Smith at the Daily Echo. Now the comments, the comments were good. And I've whittled them down, but, but the, the, yeah, there's quite an extraordinary thread here. Right. Capricorn 1 says, Sorry to hear about the theft. By the way, leaving windows slightly open does nothing to stop the dog from cooking inside the car. <laughs> ah, nice, OK. Spooky says, She says, I thought I'd lock the car up safely, but it doesn't have central locking, and the two side doors were unlocked. And they say, Why did she leave her car unlocked? Why did she leave dogs in the car? Why did she leave two expensive dogs in an unlocked car? Why did she go somewhere that dogs wouldn't be welcome? Surely they would have been fine with her, taking two dogs with her. Although, as a dog lover, I feel sorry for the lady and sorry for the lost dog. <laughs> this could have been avoided. I hope she finds her dog, though. A yeah, lot of questions there. A lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. Lord Lilliput says... Right. Uh, they, they, they reply to what Spooky's just written. And they say, a bit harsh, I think. The poor lady simply forgot to lock the door. These things happen. And I'm sure she had good reason to leave them in the car. It may have been for only a few minutes, perhaps. And at 83, she's well entitled to the odd senior movement. Nobody would reasonably expect somebody to I steal mean, your it, dog. It wasn't for a few minutes. She got to a car boot sale. Nobody would reasonably expect someone to steal your dog, except you, it seems. Have you never had a lapse of concentration? Why not swap your assumptive and slightly hostile attitude for a little bit of empathy? It's so much nicer. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Hamworthy Girl says, Poor lady and poor dog who must wonder where what's happened. Doesn't make sense. Not, yeah, it's good. It does say, though, that she was at a car boot sale, so would have been there for a while, and therefore the dog should not have been left in the car at all, whether locked or not. Such a shame for all hope that someone returns the dog, but I imagine they're worth a bit, so it may not happen. I still think she's, she's, she absentmindedly stole it. She <laughs> thought it was like a... a the redistribution of tat at the car boot sale. Yeah. I think uh, she, she, she's suffering dementia and thought it was a porcelain dog and sold it. Now, I don't know what this comment means. <laughs> Fletch for manager, not comments the name, Fletch for manager, says, I'd go check up Turin Moore. Wreck. Dot, dot, dot. Very suggestive. I'd go check up Turin Moore Rec, which must be recreational okay. grounds. So yeah. he, he seems to suggest he knows where these are. Yeah, it sounds it's like... It's the equivalent of the, what was it called? She's going to go... Summerford Lodge in Eyes Wide Shut when he arrives. He's saying, <laughs> you go down there, you're going to find a bunch of men and a bunch of dogs doing things they shouldn't Oh, do. I thought you meant that you just turn up and found that the dog was... implying that he stole it and then it just walks and turns up and it's, it's attached to a tree. It could be that. Um, uh, Root Stickers says... Or at least the, at least the paw. At least the... Or just the head. Just oh. the head with the leash. Rude Stickers says, 
That's right, everyone. Kick the poor woman when she's down. Typical nasty attitude. All I've come to expect from some of the people on here. I hope the dog <laughs> is returned safely as soon as possible. I hope none of you perfect people lose something you love. The, nice. visit, the visitor says, commenting on what Rude Stickers just wrote, they said, she likely would have lost something she loved, leaving it locked up in her car. There is absolutely no excuse for this kind of behaviour, putting the lives of animals at extreme risk of a horrible death. I'm sorry for sounding harsh, but irrelevant of the background. This is reality, and I fully support prosecution by the RSPCA for such neglect. So they're saying this woman, this poor woman who's just lost her granddaughter, she's now being prosecuted by the RSPCA. Is that not... I mean, let, let, let's think about this. Is it not a possibility that maybe she left the dog in the car, she came back and the dog had died? Then suddenly, so she thought, shit, I need to get rid of this. You always blame the victim. Well, I, I'm just saying it's something we could consider. I mean, this yeah, is so a cover story. This is a cover story. Okay. She... she, she, she Inadvertently murdered the dog. <laughs> to drive this poor old lady driving around her own town, she was crying about still crying about granddaughter's death, she just wound down the window and lobbed the dead dog into the river and came home and told this sob story to the echo. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean uh, you know, she she was obviously she was emotionally uh, uh, compromised with with the death of her of her granddaughter. Um, she forgot the dogs were in the car, came back from selling all her wares at the uh, not her wares, I'm not saying she was a prostitute, um, at the car boot sale, which she might have been. Um, and then came back the dogs were dead and as you said on the way home thought shit uh, I, I'm going to be responsible for this and as you said uh, through the, the tears and then fast forward the dog out the, the, the window into the river dropped it off on a train track yeah uh, tied it there oh no it's already dead wasn't it on this point yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Frank28 says I hope the dog is microchipped I never leave my dog in my car a few years ago our chihuahua was stolen owners of these dogs know they are a one person dog our dog escaped from his captives and turned up at my front door two weeks later, covered in brambles. He must have covered a long distance through many dangers to return to his master. You hear of cats travelling long distances to get home. I couldn't believe it applied to dogs too. Miss, uh, this, uh, this woman should not give up hope that her dog will find her. What the hell was that? <laughs> it's like he told a Hollywood story, didn't it? The dog... Is that not just Homewood Bound? He's just yeah. <laughs> Is he getting confused with real life and fiction again? <laughs> Oh, God. Somebody else replies to the whole track that went on earlier where those, where somebody said one thing, another person said another thing. Do you remember they're all saying about this woman's lapse in concentration? Why not swap your highly assumptive attitude for a little bit of empathy? This person, uh, Lord Lilliput, has responded to this and they said, No, no, no. She left two dogs in a car. That is wrong. She left her car unlocked? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. She's lucky there was a car and a dog left behind. Yes, I have lapses in concentration. We all do at some point. But I don't go to the local paper about them. I'm also not 83 and behind the wheel of a car. (laughs) If you go to a car boot sale, who knows how long you're going to be. And I did say I felt sorry for the lady. Or did you have a lapse in concentration whilst reading? Let's leave it there. Yeah, I think that's pretty wise (laughs) choice. (laughs) Okay, I've got one last story, and this features someone who we've mentioned before, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, but this is in a very different context. Okay, not our names, is it? And, uh, no, 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 no. Unfortunately, this is from the advert. Um, the story is by Nigel Curtin, which I heard the I read the name last week, and I realised I didn't mention the fact his name is Nigel Curtin. And his fellow reporter, Ross Floor. Cut that out. No, Stor- I'm not. I'm leaving that. Is that a joke? <laughs> Floor and curtains, because they yeah, go together. Maybe carpet. Win- Ross carpet. Window. Window, yeah. That made more sense. Okay. Chegwin pops into rescue Marlborough Jazz Festival. And it's Marlborough again. I know, it's Marlborough again. 
Check the Marlboro boy there smoking a smoking a, a, a cigarette whilst playing, you know, the saxophone. No, he's at the chimney. Yeah, yeah. that's not a euphemism. Um, <laughs> Uh, wacky television presenter Keith Chegg has stepped in to oh, save the day. I was say, whenever you're described as wacky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh dear. Well, we discussed it. We discussed him on the on the website on the website. No, on the podcast before. But wacky television presenter Keith Chegg has stepped in to save the day. But at the last minute, it was released that no celebrity booked uh, was booked to open the Mulberry Jazz Festival last right. night. Okay, two things then. So one, whenever you're described as wacky, that it's is never a good thing. Never a good thing. But number two. You're saying that he was he, he was called in at the last minute when they realised they didn't have a celebrity book. So if you've got nobody, <laughs> you, you go with no, Keith Chegg. And why would Keith Chegg open a jazz festival? <laughs> oh, Surely that's the most God. inappropriate booking you could think of. It's tragic. Um, Cheggers, uh, as he was known <laughs> to millions of children, actually this who watched uh, Multicoloured Swap Shop. Oh, nice link there. Very good. Uh, and Sassy Superstar is a friend of local magi- uh, magician, no musician, uh, Mike Allport, uh, whose youth band, the Jazzports, played at the opening ceremony. Mr. Allport, who lives in Mulber, said, "When I had, had no one to do the opening, I asked Keith, and he jumped to the chance of coming. <laughs> I bet he did. Was there cash involved? <laughs> he jumped. There must okay. have been. He won't get out of bed for less than fifty quid. <laughs> in his uh, in his more madcap style, Cheggers." Who last appeared on the Big Breakfast Show? Big, the, who last appeared on the Big Breakfast Show? He didn't last appear on the Big he's Breakfast. Been, no, he's he was doing on, the doorstep like, thing. He was the one celebrity getting me out of here, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, yeah, he was. Exactly. It's just unbelievably outdated. Yeah, um, who last appeared on the Big Breakfast Show with uh, "Wake Up Your Wake Up You Wake Up You Fuckers"? <laughs> That's not uh, Wake Up You Beggars. It's Cheggers. Oh, it's right. Um, took over the event around a light, light-hearted quiz, giving out T-shirts and <laughs> oh, baseball caps to winners from the crowd. He's just a cheap MC in, like, a pub. <laughs> well, he is, let's be fair. Oh. Well, what's his talent? Don't start this again. <laughs> yeah, if he ever sees this, he'll be really pissed off from me. Mayor Edwina Fogg, whose husband, Nick, has been the mainstay of the Marlborough International Jazz Festival since its launch 26 years ago, was introduced, was introduced by Chegwin, who heard the crowd laughing when he said, Is that the mayor? I thought it was Jimmy Cranky. <laughs> So Is that not really inappropriate? He insulted this woman by saying she loved Jimmy Cranky. Yeah. Nick Fogg usually claims that the good weather uh, the festival usually experiences was due to a friendly nun who prayed for it. <laughs> Looking at the cloudy skies at the opening, he said, Sister Maria Sumter has been on the case down in Kent. Bring your bikinis tomorrow. I'm not going to go on because I've read this story and it just gets more and more absurd because it's just utterly... I mean, it's just baffling. So first, this is uh, a stream of consciousness. Let's just take take stock of this. Okay, so they haven't got any any celebrities to open this, so they invite Keith Cheggers Chegwin, yeah, who's a mate this. of one of the people. In yeah, the, yeah, who's a mate of, of uh, Mike, what was his name, Orport, who helps organise this festival. It was opened by Councillor Fogg, who is married to the main organiser, and apparently has a passing resemblance to Jimmy Cranky. And uh, the the festival usually and that can be openly joked about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the festival usually attracts um, good weather due to uh, a, a friendly nun who usually prays for it. <laughs> this town's insane. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm I'm, I'm this devastated like to say. Out of Twilight Zone. Yeah, I'm David Lynch could have written this. <laughs> it does sound like but a David Lynch movie, so... doesn't it? Yeah, Keith Jaquin. Introducing something, a mayor who looks like Jimmy Cranky and a nun praying for rain. It does sound like it, doesn't it? 
Yeah, yeah I don't, I've never thought about that. I should have, yeah, thinking about it, it does sound like the perfect prelude to a, a David Lynch film. Yeah. No, no comments, comments, I assume. No, no comments. I can't just... believe there are no comments. I mean, let me just see. This this was posted... Oh, it was only posted this morning. That's possibly why. Um, but hot I mean, off the press, people. Hot off the press. Um, we could head down there this evening. We could right. head down to uh, the, the Marble Jazz Festival. Um, I've got something on. Oh, okay. How about the 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 the, uh, the multicolour swap shop, Marlborough car boot garage, redistribution of tent. Yeah, so uh, event. Now that I'm up for. Okay, well we've got a bit of time. It's on the 29th of uh, of September, so we can we can plan ahead. Yeah. Should we bring the podcast to a close? Let's bring it to a close. Do you want to give people email address out in the phonetic alphabet and all that? Sure. Um, the. Uh, Email address is localanesthetic at gmail.com and local anesthetic is spelt Alpha November Alpha Echo Sierra Tango Hotel India Jolly. And we are now going to say a sentence between the two of us with one person. So can you explain it? What are we going to do? Yeah. We, we're, what we're trying to do, so to help you remember, we're trying to think of a mnemonic that mm. you can remember. What we did actually say last week is that we will try and make this one medical-based. So for all those who oh. may be going to... For you, uh, all, all you trainee doctors out there... Who want to know how to spell the word anaesthetic, we're going to come up with a mnemonic off the spot. We're not going to survive this, Rob. Try and do a medical one. Well, you know, it, it, it's not going to be any better than any others anyway, so let's make an awful lot of difference. I think the others have been bloody good quality, right. Uh, shall I start? Yes. Um, antenatal. Nurses. So we're off to a good start. So antenatal nurses... Are eagerly suspecting that hospital emergency ho- hospital emergency yeah this is going nowhere <laughs> hospital emergency triage <laughs> is crap. <laughs> So, let's just recap on that. For all you budding doctors out there. Let's remember this. Antenatal... Nurses. Nurse. Yeah, antenatal nurses... Are eagerly suspecting that hospital, hospital emergency tri- triage is crap. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm quite happy really with good. that. That's, I have no idea what uh, emergency... Uh, sorry, hospital emergency triage is, but it sounds really high-tech. It sounds something that could be vaguely medically related. Very helpful mnemonic again. I, I thought so, yeah. So, um... On that note, I think uh, we'll be ending. God bless. And in the words of Keith Chegin, 